welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Tonga is facing an unprecedented disaster from the massive volcanic eruption that occurred on Saturday the 15th of January. It covered the Pacific nation in ash, triggered a 15-metre tsunami that destroyed almost all the homes on two small islands and damaged undersea communication cables, largely cutting off the country. The Tongan people are in an urgent process of recovery and clean-up, and to tell us what is happening there, I had the opportunity to speak with two community organisers. First up on the program, we'll hear from Lima Hopoate, a community broadcaster at 4EB Ethnic Radio in Brisbane, followed by Tangikina Steen, who was formerly a broadcaster at 5EBI in Adelaide, but has since moved back to Tonga, taking up the position of CEO of the Ministry of Education and Training. So first up on today's program, Lima Hopowate introduces herself. I'm known in the community as Limapo Hopowate and I'm Tongan originally. And also I am involved with a few organisations here in Brisbane. But the main one, and I'm sure that's why you seek me, is my involvement with the women. I have been uh, president of the Pacifica Women's Alliance for, for two years. That was uh, 2018 and 2019 and have been involved with the Voice of Tonga for the past 38 years. Well, your country is facing an unprecedented disaster, a natural disaster, you could say, the volcanic eruption. Can you tell me, have you been able to make contact with people in Tonga? What are they saying about what they're dealing with? Yes, we are able to now communicate, uh, although communication channels are limited. Uh, especially in the three days of silence after the disaster hit. People were frustrated because they didn't um, they didn't know what uh, was happening on the ground. Uh, we were so worried about families and loved ones. So it was a very sad and frustrating time for us. Eh? Uh, new services were quiet and a bit of information uh, and news that was coming in drips and drabs were uh, concerning. Uh, just because of its validity uh, and was in question. Eh? Uh, just because it was an unfamiliar and unregistered source that we are not uh, used to be dealing with them. So people, including myself, was desperate for news, good or bad. But at least there is something better than nothing and silence is a disaster in its own right. Eh? So frustration brewed and escalated and Tongans living abroad were getting impatient. The first official news and media release from Tonga uh, only came through on the 18th of January, which was that was the third days after the um, devastating incident. Uh, and stating the limited communication made with the uh, other two island group of Tonga, which is the Vavak group and the Hapai group via satellite and um, high frequency radio. Uh, but it still has no communication with the far and remote islands of Tonga. And due to limitation of facts in those information, people are still uh, restless to a point there. Eh? But what do they say? They don't say much, but the cry of relief, knowing they are still alive, 
and to them, they are safe. And uh, I haven't heard from anyone complaining. It's all praises. You know, they are grateful that the impact didn't cause many deaths. And even seeing photos of people still manage to smile. I'm sure people are traumatized, but it's unseen. Hearing from my relatives in Tonga via relatives in New Zealand, they haven't said or expressed needs of any kind, and that's, of, uh, and that's one sign of shock. I think there were no expectations uh, due to no experience in such circumstances. And I hear repeatedly the phrase, we are thankful. I think the shock of horror hasn't sunk in, and I fear the impact mentally on the people. Mm. We are talking about thousands of people who are displaced, no housing, no livestock. So it's where to from here is the question. Well, speaking of where to from here, just in terms of the ongoing disaster, scientists have warned that the eruption could cause acid rain um, for, t- for a, a long period. And you've already talked about livestock being wiped out. What about the effect of acid rain on food crops and killing off fish supplies? Uh, people are being warned to stay inside. H- have you heard any people talking about this possibility of acid rain? Has, has acid rain been a problem in Tonga before? Not in my lifetime. Uh, and not that I know or heard of such a kind. Rain was welcome, you know. Every rain that we have known of and experienced is welcome anytime, for it does good to the land, the crops. It was a source of drinking water, and we refer to the rainwater as soft water that was used for bathing, washing of the hair and clothes and so forth. Things like certain medicinal uh, home remedies that it can only prepare with rainwater. That's why people uh, of the islands look forward for rainy days, you know, because there are significance of those uh, uh, water that we call the soft water. I have never had the experience of acid rain in the 20 years of growing up and living in Tonga and not even heard of warning. There may have been a time like this, but uh, not not in my time. I know that an eruption happened in the newest, uh, one of the remote island of Tonga, and people were relocated uh, to another island after that. That was, um, yeah, after that eruption. In terms of the volcanic eruption, I mean, we know that scientists are always looking at the world, looking at the um, the plates of the earth to monitor their movement. Was this volcanic eruption foreseeable? Could they have predicted this and prepared people better? Well, uh, I'm sure it was uh, foreseeable. There are volcanic islands in Tonga Islands group, but it's not a subject that is discussed or talked about in a normal everyday conversation eh? Uh, in the household and even in the radio or TV at home. You only hear of it if there is a likelihood of an incident of the kind and they would issue a warning. There's no preparation, no proper drill, no information shared diligently or training so people know eh, what to to expect. Um, And also how to manage the situation post-event of disaster. 
when disaster hits a group of islands scattered around the ocean like Tonga, it is evident how the responses and actions can be difficult. Uh, for these multitude of uh, beings have no idea what to do, plus no equipment or tools to work with. And the impact will show on everything, physically, mentally, financially, and people due to being uninformed and unequipped. So maybe this is, um, this is a question for the Tongan government. How can you manage situation like this better in the future? Thank you so much for your time. Was there anything you wanted to say to the listeners or anything you want them to know about what is happening in Tonga at the moment? All I know is that people is in a state of shock still. And that's why uh, there's no more that you could hear but being grateful and praising that they still have uh, the breath of life. And Tonga still stands. On community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. On today's show, we cover the volcanic eruption off the coast of Tonga and the resulting tsunami. You just heard from Lima Hopoate, a Tongan community organiser in Brisbane and radio broadcaster for Ethnic Community Radio 4EB. Next up on the show, Tangikina Steen, who was formerly a community organiser in Adelaide and broadcaster on community ethnic radio 5EBI. She has now returned to Tonga as the CEO of the Ministry for Education and Training. Tangikina was in Australia visiting relatives when the explosion happened and is now stuck in Adelaide awaiting a repatriation flight. There has been a lot of uh, work, you know, cleaning up. It's a week now since the um, uh, eruption. So even this morning, you know, somebody uh, posted up a, a, a building and they're still, they're still cleaning up. It's the amount of ash in the, on the ground, you know, it's a, it's quite amazing how how thick the ash is, you know, in a, the layers of it, you know, on top of houses and uh, laneways and roads and streets and yeah, it's a major cleanup. I'm not sure whether that's gonna uh, be finishing within a week. Uh, I doubt it. I think it will be continuing for the rest of the time because. You know, like uh, you uh, sort of uh, uh, clean uh, your house, but then the next door haven't cleaned their house. So then when they start cleaning and blowing things around, you know, it's coming back to your house, you know. So, yeah, it's just so much in the uh, atmosphere, you know. People who are asthmatic, I think, uh, uh, has been told to stay indoors and not go outside. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a major cleanup. So um, I understood the um, the volcano erupted in the middle of the ocean. So when you talk about the ash, did the ash push through the water currents and then above and out that's, onto land? That's right. Yeah, it's an underwater volcano. Uh, the name is Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think the momentum of, uh, you know, of it erupting, you know, just push it over the sea and out to uh, the rest of the, of the country itself. Uh, it's about 65 kilometers away from Tonga. 
but this is uh, you know how that the enormity of it all, the force that that goes with it, that sort of cover nearly about, uh, if that's 65, they say that it's about 50 meters in land. So it's about 65 to 70 kilometers, you know, of ash that wow. goes in, in every direction because it covers the whole island, not just uh, one part of the island, but it's the whole island. Have you been able to make contact with people in Tonga? And, and what are they saying about the recovery and, and just about how things are? I think there is a level of concern, really concerning for people about how they, you know, it's the first, it's the first eruption that ever happened in Tonga. So, uh, uh, you know, the boom that went on, you know, like uh, apparently it pierced a whole lot of, you know, like it was so, it was so loud. People, people uh, across the island itself, you know, know when that, when that sound went off, you know, so uh, I think in, in terms of their of their emotional well being and their phys- physical well being, you know, is a concern about the fact that uh, water uh, there is water uh, shortages, and also people who have been collecting water in their water tank are not allowed to drink that because of uh, the ash may have got into it. There is a, a level of concern about young kids and their breathing problems. And also the fact that if uh, there is no water around, you know, how they're going to be purifying their water. Unfortunately, you know, Australia and New Zealand in the relief itself take a lot of water purifiers so that, you know, whatever water they've got in their tank, they at least they can purify that, you know, to uh, uh, use for their everyday, th- you know, chores. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, how people are feeling, I think it's that, that level of apprehension uh, will it happen again? Because, you know, the scientists are saying that it's likely that there is going to be another one. I think that the major cleanup, you know, is, uh, for them, it was, uh, you know, they, they're not uh, familiar with the ash and also the sulfur content of the ash itself. Uh, you know, like if you mix it with water, it's going to turn into acid. You know, like so. Uh, there is, scientists are predicting acid rain. Is that something that's being talked about a lot among Tongan people? Yeah, so so the, the, the rain itself, you know, like uh, there hasn't the, the, the acid rain has not happened. Uh, it, it's just that, that when it was raining, it, it was basically rocks, you know, pumice rocks that were spewing out in the air and, and was, you know, like uh, going all over the place. But I, I haven't heard that there has been the acid rain, but there is a prediction that there, that may be, you know, like the, the volcano is not just going to, blow and then you know slow down we are we are hoping that it's gonna not blow again but uh you know there's prediction that that it may it may continue uh, blowing and and uh, you don't know about the severity of it all you know uh, whether it's going to be as severe as this one or whether it's going to be less severe than that you talked about the scientists predicting the possibility of another volcanic eruption. I, I wonder, was this, this one, was it foreseeable? Was it predicted? Have scientists been monitoring this volcano to know that there was some activity? I can only read from uh, what is being posted on Facebook and also the uh, newspapers elsewhere. Uh, but uh, there was three days before there was a warning, a tsunami warning. Right. And the tsunami warning, uh, it, it was basically to sort of say that it's it's going to come from that volcano. I'm not aware that whether they were predicting that it's going to be this big of an explosion. 
you know, but but it was it, it was the indication is that it's going to come from the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai volcano, uh, and the tsunami is going to affect Tonga. That was the that, that was the warning that I read, and and the warning went on for about three days. It's interesting that that in Tonga, you know, like uh, if you see Tonga from above, uh, it's as flat as a pancake. And, and yet the radio and um, the government, you know, kept on asking people to go to higher grounds. You know, there was a stampede, you know, because the higher ground is very rare. You know, um, it's not that many places that is higher, higher ground. But I suppose, you know, the waterfront, you know, people who are in the um, uh, edge of the water itself, you know, they have to go inland, further inland to sort of look at that. But I, I, I would have, I have thought that, uh, by now, we would know in Tonga, you know, which one is the higher ground and which particular district ought to go to that, you know, place. You know, like it's it's more or less like an evacuation a procedure. Um, these are the high grounds in case there is a tsunami, and you can go there. So uh, uh, what I, I see on a Saturday night because I, I keep I keep on ringing my friend next door, my neighbor next door, and I've. Uh, what I can hear is that the, that the, the boom itself make everybody panic and make everybody get in their car and we're trying to get to higher ground. But it was so jam-packed, you know, the, the traffic, it was so jam-packed and, you know, uh, they were basically crawling to get to somewhere that is higher, you know, for safety. So I, I think, yeah, the warning was there for three days, but it was based, you know, there was nothing whatsoever to predict that this is going to be a humongous uh, explosion, you know. So, so I think it, it, was, uh, it was surprising to everybody in the world, you know, that um, some scientists are saying that it's uh, 500 times the strength of the Hiroshima bombing. Um, and, you know, when, when you're looking at that and you compare it to Hiroshima, you know, like, wow, you know, like it's so, um, it's a surprise really that, that you know, not that many fatalities, you know, like uh, casualties, you know, in Tonga, it, uh, so far it's only three people. You mentioned before the air purifiers that are coming in from Australia and New Zealand. And what's clear is that Tonga is desperately dependent on international aid at the moment, but of course, mm -hmm. the rest of the world is in the middle of a COVID pandemic, which Tonga's remained relatively COVID free. Mm -hmm. Is there a concern with all of these um, international aid personnel entering the country that there might be an unexpected surge in COVID cases? Well, that, that, that was the concern, but uh, you know, there is this uh, uh, restriction that is gonna be contactless. You know, they, they come and they drop the, uh, uh, the, the humanitarian aid and supplies uh, and then they leave. So, so far that, that, that what has been the case, you know, like uh, uh, for those in the boats itself, it's fairly easy because they'll, they'll remain in their boats, you know, but for, for our pilots, you know, that they, they're coming in with the Australian army and, and dropping the, the uh, uh, supplies itself is a, 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 a matter of only dropping that and then leaving the country so as not to have, uh, um, not to um, introduce or perhaps uh, infect the rest of the, of the country. The reason why Tonga is so cautious like that is because of the fact that we don't have the medical facilities that, um, you know, Australia and New Zealand have got or the uh, capacity, you know, uh, uh, human capacity to try to deal with COVID. 
Uh, so if there's going to be a pandemic in Tonga, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, it might just go uh, right through the population. Uh, of course, you know, like uh, this morning, there was uh, the Australian uh, flight that went from uh, uh, Brisbane to carry some uh, uh, supplies. Uh, all of the personnel that were in the, in the flight itself uh, uh, had COVID test and negative test, you know. And, um, I think some, some of them were taking the red test. And um, uh, in fact, while they were in the air, they discovered that the rest, uh, red test and the PCR test were, uh, you know, did not, uh, did not match up with each other. In that case, one or two, I think, of the personnel, you know, tested positive for COVID. So that's mean that the flight had to return. At the moment, I think uh, the Tongans can make do with what they have. But, you know, like if we're going to be, you know, in the rush to help, I think we need to be so cautious and careful that we're not introducing another layer of complexity to their lives, you know, like uh, to further compound uh, the difficulties they are facing right now. Well, still on the question of international aid and, you know, Australia is sending in the military to provide that aid. That's how aid is distributed internationally. But with all of this jostling internationally for position in the Pacific um, and Pacific Island countries, particularly, especially with uh, the new development of AUKUS, the um, Australia-UK-US alliance, um, Russia's jostling against um, the, the Ukraine and then China. Do you think there's any danger that once the Australian and New Zealand militaries enter Tonga for aid in relation to the volcano, that they won't leave because of the strategic position in these broader international relations? Um, uh, there is always going to be at play, you know, the positioning of, uh, you know, country to country positioning and who's got the passage, uh, the right passage to get to Tonga, you know, um, uh, in time. Uh, Tonga, of course, you know, with their proximity to Australia and New Zealand, are always going to be looking for Australia, you know, and New Zealand for help, you know, first and foremost, you know, and, and when... Um, uh, you know, China has got a, a huge interest in the Pacific, including Tonga. Uh, so is Japan and uh, at, at UK, UK and, and also US. And, uh, and I think there is, there is uh, you know, that, that politics, the world politics that are at play in, in most of these two, you know. But uh, in, in terms of the emergency supplies and, and you know, provision of help and aid, uh, I think Tonga is, you know, basically looking for the neighbours, you know, they've been good neighbours with Australia and New Zealand. Uh, most of our young people, you know, young boys are coming to Australia and New Zealand, you know, to, to sort of work in a plantation and also in a seasonal workers. So I, I think there is that, uh, when you were mentioning that there is a jostling for positioning and, and uh, things like that, you know, with the new world powers. Uh, Australia and New Zealand always have a, a cohort of uh, workers, you know, that is that is always going to be in Tonga, you know, there are uh, people in the uh, Navy and also in, uh, in the Army to sort of stay put in Tonga, but that's not that's not to say that they're staying, you know, for uh, reasons other than than yeah, you know, like uh, I know that the, the cohort of uh, people in the army, the Australian army, is staying over to do training and uh, things like that, you know, with the Tongan, the Royal Tongan Army and Navy force itself, you know. So when when you're saying that whether they're gonna have um, you know, their liberty to stay. Uh, of course, yeah, you know, they, they can stay, but within the, 
you know, the immigration control of the of the country itself, you know. But you, you, there, there is there is always gonna be, you know, like with help and aid, there's always gonna be some politicking, politicking uh, that goes on, you know, and and, and sometimes it's um in the in the rush to help in emergency situation like this, uh, you think that that's going to be the only agenda, but you never know what's hidden behind that agenda. You know, like so that, that that's the question that we don't really have a, a crystal ball to look into it. And always this case, uh, Giselle, you know, to do with uh, uh, building the the capacity of people. So, you know, when they're coming in to do some training, it's always going to be, uh, uh, they prefer the locals to, you know, to, to do their training. So, so there is a, almost a, um, a mentorship that is going on, you know, that um, uh, will build the capacity up so that when we leave in a project or anything like that, we have the capacity within the country to do the work. That was Tangikina Steen, and before her, Lima Hopawate. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, and that's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.